Welcome to the Healthful Woman Podcast. Today is Monday, May 11th, 2020. Two shout outs today. First, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, including mine. Hi, mom. We love you and we appreciate you. But as my mom taught me early on, every day is Mother's Day. Second, happy birthday to one of our earliest listeners, Leslie Teicher. Hope you have a great day today, Leslie. We have a lot of great podcasts planned for the next few weeks, starting today with two podcasts with Casey Seiden. Casey is a registered dietitian and certified diabetes educator and oversees the nutrition services at MFM Associates and is also the point person for our gestational diabetes program. Casey is also an author and is very active on social media, posting tips and recipes for healthy eating. She has over 38,000 followers on Instagram, which is called eat.well.together. In the first podcast, You Are What You Eat, Casey and I discuss nutrition in general, and in the second podcast, Gestational Diabetes, we discuss, you guessed it, gestational diabetes. Casey is definitely going to be a regular on Healthful Woman, and I'm sure that after you hear her, you will want to hear more. On Thursday, Emily Oster is going to join us again. Emily was my first guest on Healthful Woman, and her podcast on pregnancy in the land of corona was a huge hit. I asked Emily to come back so we could discuss the next phase of the corona pandemic, if and when and how to start lifting social distancing and stay-at-home restrictions. This has become a very actively debated topic, and I would love to hear what Emily has to say. Emily is an expert in data analysis, and she is amazing at using data to make sensible suggestions and recommendations. Full disclosure, I don't actually know what she's going to say or where the conversation will go as we have not recorded yet, but any podcast with her is one you definitely do not want to miss. Thanks again for listening. And feel free to drop us a review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. Welcome to today's episode of Healthful Woman, a podcast designed to explore topics in women's health at all stages of life. I'm your host, Dr. Nathan Fox, an OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist practicing in New York City. At Healthful Woman, I speak with leaders in the field to help you learn more about women's health, pregnancy, and wellness. Today, we'll be talking with Casey Seiden. Casey, welcome to Healthful Woman. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I always ask everyone if this is their first podcast, and you told me it's not your first, that you are expert in podcasting. Not a pro. I have two past podcasts under my belt, but yeah. All right. That's two more than everybody else in our practice. Casey, explain to us who you are. What do you do? My name is Casey Seiden. I am first and foremost a registered dietitian. I am also a diabetes care and education specialist, which is the new name that we now have formerly was called certified diabetes educators. So basically my role here at maternal field medicine and just any job that I fulfill is really to help guide people with their diet, nutrition choices to make positive impacts on their health. And a lot of that is related to diabetes. That's kind of my main focus right now. In your current role in our practice, you're doing a lot of diabetes education and helping with management and following women with either diabetes of life or diabetes of pregnancy, we'll call gestational diabetes, but you're also doing general nutritional counseling, dietary counseling as well. Yes, definitely. So a lot of that kind of centers around what patients might be referred to me and either in or outside of pregnancy. A lot of that is maybe weight related, but there's certainly, I see people for gastrointestinal issues they may be suffering with, other hormonal imbalances, polycystic ovarian syndrome, things like that too, has a big diet component. What is the training to do this? So what what exactly do you have to do to get from, you know, 
point A to where you are now? There's a few different paths. I can kind of walk you through mine, which I think is pretty traditional how I did it. So I got a four-year undergraduate degree actually in nutrition. I went into college interested in science, not really sure what I wanted to do. I majored in biology and then took an intro to nutrition class and really fell in love with it. So nutrition and food science was actually my major. I did not complete in my undergraduate degree the coursework for dietetics per se. I thought all dietitians had to go into clinical and work in a hospital. I did not want to do that. I just really liked the food aspect of it. So after I got my degree and graduated, I moved to New York City, started working in the field and realized Oh, even if I want to work in kind of public health nutrition, just more helping people to eat healthy, get access to healthy foods, you had to kind of get a higher degree and become a dietitian. Did you have to do that because people wouldn't come to you or because you wouldn't have the right skill set or knowledge base? Or is it sort of just like logistical? Or what was the reason you would have to get the advanced degree? I was working with the New York City Department of Health at the time, and a lot of their grants just required that to implement them, you had to be a registered dietitian. So it had to do with USDA guidelines and whatever. So, And that would have been true, I think, for other types of positions that while I maybe wouldn't have had the knowledge base to more clinically guide people and kind of provide, quote unquote, diet therapy. And what is the training, what's required to become a registered dietitian if you already have a bachelor's in science in nutrition. Right. So if I would have gotten the bachelor's of science in nutrition and dietetics, what I would have had to do was apply for a dietetic internship right out of undergraduate degree. So it's basically like a medical residency. They're very tough to get into. There's about a 50% match rate across the country. Wow. I didn't feel very equipped to do that out of my undergrad experience. So I'm actually happy I took the route and went back and got my master's degree to fulfill those extra coursework that I needed to do. And then that funneled me into my dietetic internship. Are the internships uh, one year, two years? How long are they? They're mostly a year. Some are a bit shorter, but they are full-time, 40 hours a week, unpaid. You're getting a mix of, depending on your interest and what internships you apply to, you get a mix of clinical exposure. So we spend time in the hospitals or nursing homes or subacute rehab centers. You do time in community nutrition. So maybe a health clinic, a WIC office, something like that. And then you do experience some food service time. So a lot of food service management in hotels or schools, different organizations for food service. It's mostly, quote unquote, on the job training. It's not really yes. classwork. There is a classwork component usually because they're mostly hosted out of universities mm -hmm. like mine was with Columbia, but some are associated just with hospitals. There's still a little bit of didactic coursework with those, but maybe not as much. And so you finished your RD and then what about all the diabetes care, which used to be called the Certified Diabetic right. Educator, but now we call the Diabetic Care and Education Specialist. Is that also a separate training and certification? To do the RD, after you do that internship, you have to sit for a credentialing exam. So boom, you pass that, you're a dietitian. And then after that, you can kind of start to specialize in an area. So to take the exam for the diabetes specialty, okay. I had to be an RD for two years. I had to get at least 1,200 practice hours in diabetes supervised by someone who was working in diabetes. And then you sit for another credentialing exam. And the exam, it's a written exam. Yeah, online. And then when you pass that and you're working in diabetes education, is that mostly, just so our listeners understand, is that mostly just talking to them about what foods they eat and whatnot? Or does it also involve things like physical activity and also medications they're on and dose adjustments? And how much are you involved in those types of decisions? Kind of depends on the 
kind of severity of, of diabetes that people have when they come to you. Diet and exercise and lifestyle modifications are the go-to kind of first-line treatment, but some people maybe come to you with more advanced diabetes or they've had long-standing diabetes. So part of my role is definitely to work with other members of their healthcare team, their doctor, endocrinologists, whoever's involved, to make medication recommendations, oral medications, which ones to start them on based on different risk factors, side effects that they might be dealing with. And then, yeah, starting people on insulin, helping to teach them how to administer insulin and dose adjustments. Right. I think a lot of people who have diabetes as a condition understand how much of a team approach there is to diabetes care. And so, you know, they do have their endocrinologist, but the endocrinologist is only one person on that team. And so they may be following with someone like you, who's, you know, diabetes educator, nutritionist, and there may be sometimes social worker involved in terms of exactly they need different services and they have to see podiatrists and there's a whole team of people. Ophthalmology, mental health, dentistry, everything. And so, and so when when women who get gestational diabetes, so typically they don't have diabetes, they're young, they're healthy, they never have that. And when gestational diabetes is something that gets thrown into the mix and we have them see Casey as part of their team, they don't realize how much training you have that it's they think they're just seeing someone who's going to tell them, oh, you know, eat healthy and, you know, go for a, uh, you know, a brisk walk. But they don't realize that, you know, you're talking basic science training and training and patient care and medication adjustments and how detailed that can be. And I think once they meet you and they realize what's going on, it's it's a total, it opens up a different world in terms of their care. That's why I got into diabetes in the first place. My first exposure, I just loved looking at patients' glucose logs if they kept them and kind of identifying those patterns and the puzzles of where they were going high and what was impacting their numbers to be elevated or low. Was it diet? Was it stress? Was it exercise? Are they not on the right medication? So yeah, I have to pull together a lot of pieces from my years of training and schooling to help them you know, manage their condition the best that they possibly can. Right. And sometimes this could be differences in people's actual training, or sometimes it's a perception that people have. But you know, someone says, oh, you should see, quote, unquote, a nutritionist. That's a very vague term. Yes. Like a nutritionist. <laughs> a nutritionist could be someone who tells you, you know, like, don't have a donut at breakfast. Like, hey, I'm a nutritionist, right? Because I told you to eat more nutritious foods. But I think that the ones who are well-trained and have the correct training and know what they're doing, it's so intricate and exactly what we're talking about here. And it's not just, hey, how do I eat healthier and lose a few pounds? It's really an entire lifestyle shift potentially, but there's also a whole medical component to it beyond sort of the surface of it. That is definitely the difference between a registered dietitian and someone who can call themselves, yeah, a nutritionist or a health coach or a nutrition coach or something. All the kind of wellness influencers out there who are just promoting different diets and whatnot that might work for them, but they maybe have never looked at the scientific medical evidence, literature behind, do these diets actually work? What's the long-term effect of them? And also with my credential, you know, I'm a dietitian can go into a hospital and help people, you know, in a clinical setting and nutritionists and coaches, they cannot, they don't have that medical training to actually help people in those more serious, you know, conditions where nutrition is such a key player. In pregnancy, it is so critical what the nutrition is during pregnancy for women. And and we stress that so much for women. And it's amazing because everyone thinks that what we do in obstetrics and maternal fetal medicine is so high tech and all these interventions and testing, but the basics are probably more critical than anything else 
that's going to happen in pregnancy for most women. What kind of lifestyle do they have in terms of are they exercising regularly? Are they active? Do they have mental health? Are they eating right? And not just in terms of calories, but are they getting the right nutrients and Mm -hmm. micronutrients? And all of these things are so critical. And we believe that philosophically, but it's not something that can just cover in two minutes. It's, you know, say someone, hey, you know, eat well and and exercise. That's great. But there's a lot of details that have to go into it. And we've just been ecstatic to have Casey on our team that as a resource for women, either just for anybody who has questions, but so many subgroups of people, you know, whether it's someone with twin pregnancies or someone who has a a particular diet, she is gluten-free or she's vegan or she's she has allergies to certain foods that she can't eat or whether she's starting out pregnancy with a very low weight or a higher weight or she develops gestational diabetes and how much help you can be to her and to the entire team in optimizing outcomes for her and her baby. It takes a lot of very careful assessment of what their current diet looks like. And yeah, are there gaps in the macro and micronutrients, especially when you mentioned something like an allergy or intolerance or celiac disease or something? I mean, those are real things that someone who maybe doesn't have the degree of a registered dietitian behind their name would not necessarily be thinking about. They could look at someone's diet and say, it's objectively very healthy, maybe, but they really might be missing something if they don't do a careful assessment. It also requires buy-in, not just from the women, the patients, but also from the doctors. And a lot of times I get the sense that many doctors don't really appreciate how important this is for patients. And sometimes it's slightly harder to prove some of these things, but there's so much data that demonstrates that this is the case. This isn't made up science. Like there's so much data out there about what you consume and what you do in terms of activity and how it affects A, your life, but B, specifically your pregnancy. Diet and nutrition is one of those areas of study and research that is is really hard to study. We hardly ever get really good, you know, the gold standard randomized controlled trials to show clear causality between foods and health. But there is a huge body of evidence showing that, yes, these things do make a difference for a lot of outcomes. And it's not that it's the doctor's fault. They're not getting this training, you know, or education in medical school or in residency or anything. They get a few hours at best of nutrition education. So dietitians can really come in and fill the gaps, especially in pregnancy. Yeah, 100%. I went through 11 years of medical training between medical school, residency, and fellowship. And our formal nutritional education could probably boil down to a couple hours, as you said, in all that time. And even if we have all that training, it takes time. If you have a 20-minute appointment with somebody, even an hour appointment with somebody, there's so many things that have to be covered and not ranking any of them, but you know, sometimes things like diet and exercise and are you sleeping well and just basic things that we really need to talk about, they sometimes just don't get discussed. And having another person available and there to cover those as well to make sure things don't get missed and they are optimized. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That makes me so happy to hear that you see the value. (laughs) You know, Casey has more letters after her name than probably anybody uh, on earth. She's a BS, MS, RD, DCE, S, which is a lot of letters and it's great. And there's so much, so many years of training that I believe is really helpful to people, to our, to our patients. Now, also you're a big, I think what the kids are calling it nowadays is influencer, (laughs) right? That you're, that Casey, we have like, what is it like 400 million followers or something on, on, on social media? The numbers may be off by something, but you've been doing this a while, right? 
Yeah, I mean, in grad school, I kind of got into a little bit of blogging. It just gave me a side project. I was always cooking things and my friends were like, just post your recipes online. People would really love these. Uh, So it just started off as just, yeah, a side project. And then when social media kind of came into the fold and really grew as a way to help you grow a a business, perhaps, I started taking it more seriously about, what was that, last year, year and a half ago, almost two years now is when I really kind of bumped up my social media game. And it's led to a lot of great opportunities. I've grown such a community on there, just helping people with their relationship with food, kind of breaking down quote unquote rules that they might have about foods, what's deemed healthy, bad, good, clean, clearing up all this confusion about nutrition. It's so unnecessarily confusing these days. So I share simple, healthy recipes on there, give people tips to make peace with their food, their body, relationship with food. And it led to a cookbook deal, which was pretty exciting last year. So I have a cookbook that's out for sale too. And what is the platform that you use? We don't get any advertising dollars from these people. So this is just that people want to find you. Yeah. So my handle on Instagram, if people want to find me is eat period, well, period together, eat well together. Eat Well Together. And also, obviously, you can find Casey through our website at mfmnyc.com or carnegiewomenshealth.com. And that's also where you see patients at both sites, at Maternal Fetal Medicine Associates and the Carnegie Women's Health. And having Casey a part of our, our treatment team, our clinical team, is really for anybody, for someone who is pregnant, someone who's thinking of being pregnant, someone who's not pregnant or never going to be pregnant and just wants extra help or advice in managing her her health or nutrition, or maybe she does have diabetes, whatever it might be. And I know that Casey's always happy to see people. It's a big smile on her face when someone's coming to see her and get some get some help. Yes. I love when people walk through the door saying, oh, I'm so excited to see you today. I asked for this appointment. It just, it warms my heart. I'm happy to see anyone. We're really happy that you came on Healthful Woman today. And we're happy, obviously, to have you on our team. And we look forward to having you back to discuss various topics. Obviously, if anyone has any questions for Casey or for me about nutrition, you can email us at hw at healthfulwoman.com, or you can make an appointment to see one of us or to see Casey in the office. So thanks for coming on, Casey. Thanks so much for having me. This was great. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Healthful Woman Podcast. To learn more about our podcast, please visit our website at www.healthfulwoman.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-F-U-L-W-O-M-A-N.com. If you have any questions about this podcast or any other topic you would like us to address, please feel free to email us at hw at healthfulwoman.com. Have a great day. The information discussed in Healthful Woman is intended for educational uses only. It does not replace medical care from your physician. Healthful Woman is meant to expand your knowledge of women's health and does not replace ongoing care from your regular physician or gynecologist. We encourage you to speak with your doctor about specific diagnoses and treatment options for an effective treatment plan.